0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, May the 25th, 2023. It is currently 12.55 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. for me there are certain kinds of news stories that have a profound impact on me emotionally and mentally right certain stories now some stories will really have uh, an emotional an emotional impact some will really uh, g- really have an impact on the way I think. I, just, I think we can all agree certain news stories impact people in very different ways. Is that a fair way to say it? I think that's an accurate way to say it, right? For some people, they'll see a news story and maybe they are weeping, they're crying, they're angry. Other people— for some reason, will just kind of shrug their shoulders and go, well, you know, that's, that's the way life goes. And they're not as emotionally bothered by it. Some people, you know, just, I think in order to try to protect themselves, don't allow news stories to have the impact on them. But I, I think, I think everyone approaches it differently. I don't think that there's nothing, revel- you know, obviously I'm not giving you any profound information there. I'm just trying to explain. How for me, certain news stories does impact me, and I have to report on one right now that really is one of those stories that just hits me in a way that I, I do not like. And it and it goes to the very core. I mean, this is a theology podcast, right? I try to look at the world from a theological perspective. Clearly, I hold to a very historical Christian worldview, I hold to a very historical, theological perspective. And when I consider theology, religion, faith, the Bible, scripture, spirituality, any news story, any news story that deals with faith, belief, obviously I'm going to be very interested in, right? Any news story that would deal with religion, Christianity, anything along those lines, I would be obviously very interested in. But when it comes to news stories that talks about some cult Somewhere that it attracted all kinds of a pe- a people who started believing, putting their faith in the message that cult was giving, and then it ends in some horrible tragedy where people die. Those stories. I cannot even begin to articulate to you how much they impact me because it makes me begin to question, you know, so many things, right? Because look, everyone, when it comes to any religion, any theological belief, any spiritual belief, we we believe that what we hold to is true. We believe it to be right, right? I'm holding a Bible in my hand. I, I will open my Bible. I will read it, teach it, preach it, and I believe what I am saying is to be true, but what what always concerns me when we think about theology our religion or the Bible, our faith is always the idea of, could we be wrong? Could we be deceived? And not only could we be wrong and could we be deceived, could that wrong belief, could that deception lead us to doing absolutely horrific things in the name of our God, and the name of our faith? Could it lead us to mass suicide? Could it lead us to, you know, the jungles of South America and we're drinking, you know, grape grape juice that has poison in it? Like, where could it lead? Could it lead to us you know, an armed conflict with the FBI in Waco, Texas, what you, you just name the situation where cults have found themselves and they truly believe their message. Like on one hand, you can say, well, they're just deceived. I know, but they don't think they're deceived. We believe what we believe. Could we be deceived? And then when you think of the biblical description of all of us as humans, which is, the heart, speaking of the human heart, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? If, if the greatest source of deception is the human heart because of, of and again, trying to articulate this from a historical biblical perspective, because of the fall, human beings, we are born sinners, right? We commit sin. We don't become sinners by sinning, but we sin because we are sinners by nature, because we have a depraved nature. And a part of the fall is a heart that is the source of the greatest deception. The greatest deception is inside of you and me. Well, if the source of the greatest deception is inside of me, then that makes it very difficult for me to, to know if what I believe is accurate. Could I be deceived? I don't, do you ever stop to ask yourself that question? Do you, do you ever go, man, I believe, I believe that this is true. I, but do you ever stop to go, well, wait a minute. Could I be deceived? Could I be believing the wrong thing? Now, one of the reasons I do love Christianity, and I guess this is true, and I mean, we could get into a big discussion about religions uh, across, you know, the planet and throughout history, but at least from a biblical perspective, The truth that I'm supposed to believe is outside of me, right? We believe God has given his revelation, completed his revelation in the word of God. It is complete. It is perfect. And we are to read it and study it. It's outside of me. It's not based on my own feelings. All right. So um, so I so I, I do like the fact that, that that the the truth I'm to believe is supposed to be outside of me. In other words, I'm not to base it on feelings. I'm not to base it on emotions. I'm to take the word of God and then interpret it correctly using basic, you know, hermeneutical methods and concepts of biblical interpretation. Following those rules, I am to get myself out of the interpretive process. I am not to be in it. It doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what, because there's times what I feel and what I want, I know is contradictory to the word of God. So I have to be able to acknowledge that. It doesn't mean I'm always going to do the right thing, but I at least have to start there being able to acknowledge it. That's why a Christianity that is based on feelings or an internal voice, those things scare me to death because how in the world are you going to protect yourself from deception there? Because the greatest source of deception is inside of yourself, right? So... So I, I, I'm always just, whenever I hear these stories, I'm like, how did those people end up there? How did they end up in that cult? How did they end up believing it? Look, I'm just going to be honest with you. A lot of times when I see people involved in the charismatic movement, I'm like, how, how can they end up like doing that? You know, doing these crazy things or believing these crazy things. How is it possible? And I know the ultimate answer is because the human heart is deceitful above all things. They're being deceived internally, but they would believe, no, 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 no. They're following scripture. They're following God. But if you listen to that, a lot of it is based off feelings, emotions, and experience. I just know for me, the only hope is not relying on my emotions, not even relying on my own experiences, but relying on something external to me, which is the word of God, and then saying, here's the scripture. It doesn't matter how I feel. doesn't even matter how I think. I need very definitive rules of interpretation. Those rules don't change. And I apply those rules to the text, no matter what I want, no matter what I think, what I feel. That at least gives me some sense of security, right? Because I know it's not based off me. So I like I because I'm always whenever I see stories about cults, I'm always like, why? How did I not end up in that cult? How like if I would have been near that, would I have followed that cult? Would I have gone along with it? And And I and I can try to pat myself on the back and go, well, you know, I'm very well educated. I have multiple college degrees. I'm really smart. I would not be so. I wouldn't have been so you know, easily deceived. I wouldn't have been so vulnerable. I wouldn't have been so so easily convinced of it. I know I would have done better. I, I wouldn't have been so gullible. I know I would. I know. I, but I don't know. I don't know. Now, the reason I'm struggling with all of this, the reason I'm trying to process all of this is, is literally I left the studio after the last live broadcast. I went downstairs and i was going to go engage in something i was either going to listen to music i don't know i was going to watch tv i don't know i was going to do something else maybe start figuring out what for, what's for lunch or something and i looked down and see a news headline and i was like wait what am i reading like th- this has to be something from like 40 years ago kenya cult death toll hits 200 i'm like wait there was a cult in kenya and 200 people are dead and more than 600 people are reported missing. I'm like, where have you heard of the Kenya death cult? Have you have you? I, I, I don't know where I was. How have I missed this? And I'm like, wait a minute. So a, a cult in Kenya. Two hundred people are dead. I, I I've now just heard a report that it's two hundred and one, but more than six hundred people are missing. Here, here, this is from ABC News uh, because I want you know I, I started looking for as many sources as possible. The death toll linked to a doomsday cult in Kenya has hit two hundred and one. Well, they've now even updated it here after police uh, exhumed twenty two more bodies on Saturday. Right. Nairobi, Kenya, the death toll linked to a doomsday cult in Kenya hit 201 Saturday after police exhumed 22 more bodies, most of them bearing signs of starvation, according to the Coast Regional Commissioner. And I was like, you, I mean, what, 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 where, how, like, I just a million questions. And then like, I then there's a part of me that says, well, wait a minute. They were deceived. Deception is bad. And then I'm like, but wait a minute. How do I know I'm not deceived? Like I start having these, I just, I'm telling you, different news stories impact people differently. And this impacts me in a very profound way. It just makes me, I can't even tell it. I just like start unraveling. It bothers me so much. So I started looking around and I found the podcast, Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. Stuff They Don't Want You To Know and their episode they did on Monday, May the 22nd, is entitled The Kenyan Death Cult. And I'm like, well, well, wait, wait. They've been talking about the Kenyan. How have I missed this? I subscribe to this podcast. How do I miss? So first, I need you to go look up the podcast, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Look up for the episode Monday May the 22nd, 2023. I would at least tell you to start there. If they've done uh, episodes earlier, you can go back and find it. But we're going to review a little bit of the audio. Now, word of warning here. This all, uh, literally, I've started gathering all of this information in probably the last 15 minutes. So therefore, I've had no time to review audio or anything else here. I do not know if they utilize any explicit language. If it does, I apologize in advance. Uh, so if it gets, if it gets something like that and we have to stop, we have to stop. But I wanted to at least see what they are saying about this. ABC News is clearly reporting on it. If you type in Kenyan, Kenya death cult, you'll get all kinds of news articles. I have no, I have I've not received one email about this. From all of the listeners, nobody has emailed me about this. I I don't know how I've missed it. I mean, obviously there's been a lot of things going on around here, but I I So one, I'm bothered that I missed it, but two, I just once again here are individuals been deceived. Individuals who are now dead. 201 dead over six or around six hundred missing? That that's staggering. That's 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 horrific. That's horrifying to me. I just I just know that we have to, at least as Christians, we have to ensure that we don't base things on feelings, emotions. From a, from a biblical Christian standpoint, it has to be based off scripture alone, sola scriptura, that we use that phrase, a very key in the, in the Protestant Reformation. And what we mean by that is here's the Bible, and then my job is to open it and read it and interpret it using clear, sound, biblical, hermeneutical methods, right? We have to. But even that's not a guarantee, even that's not a guarantee. I'm sorry, I'm hitting the microphone because, uh, but I'm just, I just don't, I just just don't know what to say about this. So let's review a little bit of this. I don't know how far we will get into it. Um, I'm probably just going to get at least a little bit of information and then maybe we'll stop there. Um, I, this is definitely not uh this podcast that we're getting ready to review is not coming from a Christian perspective, but I just wanted to hear the different perspectives out there. And this is the first podcast that I don't even think I've seen it mentioned on any other Christian podcast. I don't think I've heard anyone mention this Kenyan death cult, or maybe it was, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm in the dark here and I don't like that feeling, um, But I think I wanted to at least bring this to everyone's attention so that you can go look at it, learn about the Kenyan death cult. And whenever there's cults, this is very, very, very key. You always want to try to figure out obviously, you've got the tragedy and human suffering, which is horrible. People die, that's horrible, horrific. So obviously, you want justice to be carried out if they can. But you want to learn from it, right? You want to learn from the cults to see how did they form? What was their message? How were people brought into it? How, like, you want to understand how was it formed so that we can see those warning signs, so that we can avoid those things. So we, not only can we protect ourselves, we can try to protect others from the dangers of it. And at least one, was it Grace University? I don't remember which school I was at because I've gone to so many. I, mean, I had to do an entire semester on on the cults. I had to do an entire semester. How, what is a cult? How a cult is formed? What makes them, what makes people vulnerable to them? Like, you know, all the different concepts about it this, how, you know, it, does education matter? Does, you know, just all kinds of different things ab- about it. And, um, but whenever I see a news story, I'm just always just, you know, baffled by it. You know, David Koresh, Brench Davidians and Waco, Texas. I'll never forget just paying attention to that story and just how like, it was, it was so insane. I know there's all kinds of documentaries out about it now, but I remember watching it take place. Now I was in Nebraska at the time, but because I was born and raised in Texas, I knew exactly, you know, where it was that it was happening. And I remember, I think students from Dallas Theological Seminary was, was our professor some Dallas Theological Seminary went out to the whole standoff and tried to speak to David Koresh because you know he basically was like he was the reincarnation of Jesus and he was trying to quote things from Revelation and they were, I guess, trying to have maybe a theological discussion with him. And I I and again, some of that may have been, you know, not have been accurate at the time. I'm just going with the information that I remember hearing at that time. That's a long time ago. But um it just, it always is staggering to me how these things happen. So let's dig in a little bit here. This is from a uh, the podcast, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, dated Monday, May the 22nd, 2023. All right, we're going to at least listen to what they were saying about it. By no means am I stating, believe everything they say. Obviously, we need to do research. We need to verify things. But since this was like literally the very first thing that popped up when I was like, okay, wait a minute, 201 people are dead, 600 people are missing. I wonder if any of my podcasts are talking about it. I went to Pocket Cast, did a refresh, and the first one that had anything dealing with Kenyan death cult was this one. So that's how how we are here. So let's listen to a little bit of this. Here we go.
0: and we have returned this is the disclaimer i mentioned at the top the following story contains um graphic descriptions of violence uh cult activity and some disturbing crimes as such it may not be suitable for all audience members Longtime conspiracy realist you know we try to uh We try to keep each story in a strange news or listener mail segment uh, to about 15 minutes. So go ahead and scroll there if this is not for you. Otherwise, uh, join us. We're diving into a grisly rabbit hole here. We're continuing exploring the dirty deeds of organized religions or belief systems. This story takes place in Kalifi, Kenya.
1: Now... Let's stop right there. So be prepared. There's going to be some graphic descriptions. We'll, we'll, we'll see how far we can take it. Main thing is I'm trying to point you to resources for you to listen for yourself. Not necessarily, I don't want to exploit this situation here for my benefit. I want you to go look other, other places. The key word in there is he says we continue to look at this horrible story. So in other words, they have been covering it. So I would at least go find all of their episodes and dig in for yourself and see what we can learn. But as you're as you're listening to them. Now th- now you may not like how they said that, right? That like they, they may talk talked about organized religion. You're like, "Well, wait a minute." Because as soon as as soon as something happens like this, I know that especially in the Christian world, they're like, "Hey, hey, no 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 no. Don't paint us with the same brush. We're not like them." All right? I understand that. I understand that. But at the same time, when people see these kinds of things happen in a cult, it's easy for them to say, that's where organized religion will take you. That is the danger of organized religion. Now, we do know the power of religious belief, right? If you can convince someone, uh, if anyone can become convinced that an action, that a way of thinking is justified by the Bible or God, they... There's almost nothing will stop them. Like if they believe that what they're doing is ordained and right by God or based off scripture, they will, it doesn't matter what it is. It, it could be acts of violence. It could be horrific things. Once you believe God is on your side, that is the ultimate justification to do whatever you want. If I could convince myself God is on my side to, to do, I mean, you just name the act. Then, then I'm going to feel justified to do so. That's what's dangerous. Because if you are deceived, God is not on your side, but you're using it as a justification. That is a bad place of deception. You don't want to be. So they're going to, they're going to dig into this. It, It sounds like it could be graphic and it could be grisly. So we will, we will only go so far. I'll, 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 I'll make a good decision when to say that's enough. That's enough. You can go listen to the rest, but at least give us some idea. If they've been following it, I have to at least state there's a high probability that, well, I know this. They at least know more about this than I currently do. So I would at least point you to them as a starting place. Again, stuff, this is the podcast we are listening to, stuff they don't want you to know. Go subscribe and go through their archives and find out all of the episodes they've done in regards to the Kenyan death cult. Let's, Let's see if we can get a little bit more
0: information. You may not have heard of Good News International Ministries. You may uh, not have heard of its... Good News International Ministries.
1: We may want to look that name up. Good News International Ministries. Now, see, that if I heard that name, Good News International Ministries, I would just assume it's some form of a Christian organization, right? Good News International it does not sound like... I mean, the gospel is good news. They're an international ministry. They're spreading the good news internationally. Wouldn't, wouldn't you kind of come to the same conclusion?
0: Other name, the Servant PM McKenzie Ministries. And if this ends up becoming, you know, one of those exploitation, true crime documentaries on a streaming service, you'll probably see it called the Shakahula Cult, Shakahula Cult this this has been brewing for quite some time like
1: the shakahula cult okay so i yeah i i've de- i definitely have not I, good good see good news international ministries i om- almost feel like i've seen that name somewhere i i do, I, I feel like that but so they're, they they say this has been brewing for some time i like i almost feel frustrated at myself like how did i not see this how how have not how have i not been aware of this
0: as we know you know the african continent is absolutely huge and like any huge landmass with lots of people there are going to be bad actors there are going to be opportunities for cultic organizations that's no different from anywhere else in the world I swear, if you give the people in Antarctica enough time trapped in, in those research labs together, they will inevitably generate a belief system of their own. It's just how people people. And usually it doesn't go wrong. But in this case, it went terribly wrong. Uh, This, this was a relatively new organization. It was founded uh, about 20 years ago, 2003, by a guy named Paul McKenzie. And for Most of the time it was.
1: So a, a new, so it's a relatively new organization, right? About 20 years. Okay. Um, Right, and it says for a short time. I think he's going to say that there was good in it, or at least it appeared to be good. Let's see what he's going to say here. I'm sorry. Sometimes, sometimes I'm being a little nervous. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm a little nervous since I haven't listened to this. I'm just, I'm just nervous at any point they're going to say something that's wildly inappropriate, and I'm going to be, and it's going to mess up this entire broadcast. But I'm going to do my very best to, to. I want us to at least hear this basic information. This basic information. Here we go.
0: It was just a small church. Before he had become a religious figure and a spiritual leader, Paul was a taxi driver in Nairobi, the capital of Kenya.
1: Now, here's what we need to note: Was it – it was a church? Was it classified? Did they call themselves Christians? Was this associated with Christianity? I'm going to guess it was. I'm going to guess that it claimed some correlation, some connection with Christianity. I could be wrong, but that's going to be my... That's going to be my thinking here. I bet you Jesus is going to come into play somewhere, shape, or form in this. I guarantee you that. Which just demonstrates just because something calls itself Christian, just because they talk about Jesus, doesn't mean it's anywhere remotely connected to historical biblical Christianity. But if you think about how vulnerable people are today, they have no philologically illiterate Biblically illiterate, and here's the most important: church history illiterate. Ask basic questions about church history to people who've been in church for thirty years; they have no clue. And the more, the more look illiteracy. Let me, let me say it this way: illiteracy, theological, biblical, and church history. Illiteracy is the soil in which deception is planted and where it grows and where it flourishes. Ignorance is the soil in which deception can be planted and you can be manipulated. The less you don't know, the more you can be made to think you know what you shouldn't know because it isn't really anything to know because it's false and it's fraudulent. Knowledge is power. Understanding is power.
0: All right, let's continue. And he was uh, repeatedly, this is weird, he was repeatedly charged by the authorities, apparently due to sermons he was conducting. Four times this happened. He was acquitted due to lack of evidence. So he went and started his own church, which happens all the time throughout human history. And he gathered a very large following. He had convinced his followers that he was uh, an intercessor. By
1: All right, someone in the chat just said, and I quote, the the church leader Paul McKenzie reportedly encouraged his followers to fast death in order to meet Jesus. So I okay, I knew Jesus was going to come into play. I knew and please note, he got in trouble for his sermons. Charges were dropped and then he went. So he may, it sounds like possibly he was a part of maybe a denomination and then he went and started his own church. So is he a part of a denomination and then left it? Oh, we've got, we've got questions. We've got lots of questions to try to figure this out. All right. So this is where the Theology Central listeners, you guys are the best detectives out there. You're the best researchers. Please, we, I, we need to figure out what was the original, where did he start his ministry? He was a taxi driver. Didn't he become a minister? Any Bible college? Any seminary? Maybe not. I, I'm not, I'm not condemning if there wasn't. I'm just stating, uh, I'm just trying to find out facts. Was he a part of a denomination or a church? Then everything went wrong. He left that church and then went and started his own. Now they're right. Throughout human history, that's the common thing. Look, especially within the Protestant world, right? Within that, once you go back to the Protestant Reformation, where basically we're like, nope, the church doesn't have the authority. The authority belongs in Scripture, which sounds good. Luther obviously then stood against the Catholic Church, and then once that happened, the dam burst. Whoosh, and now everyone can be like nope sorry the church is wrong going to go start another church nope the church is wrong going to go start a- the church is wrong going to go start another church the church is wrong going to go start another church we see it all the time people will sit in the pew nope you're wrong going to go to another church like it happens all the time now, the danger is, of course, everyone then thinks that they're right. Everyone thinks that they are the authority. And then, well, then chaos can ensue. There's there's positives and negatives of it. I'm not going to go through the entire, you know, history of the Reformation and and all the good and the bad and the unintended consequences. But but we need to know, so where did he start his ministry? And if he left, it, it sounds like he left a church to go start a church. What church did he leave? Was he a part of something that would be much more considered, you know, a normal denomination was he? Was he charismatic? Was he assemblies of God? Was he uh, just an, uh, a part of an independent non denominational church? Okay, someone now. Okay, I'm getting I'm getting information. Says self proclaimed pastor uh, Paul McKenzie opened the Good News International Church in 2003. He repeatedly attacked police. He he repeatedly attracted police attention with his claims that children should not go to school and that medical treatment should be rejected. In 2019, he shut down the church and invited his followers to move with him. He he called the place uh, a new holy land. All right, so this sounds like, um, okay. Uh, refusing medical treatment, do do we get, are, are we finding something that's in the stream of charismatic theology? Or is it more in conspiratorial? Is it charismatic, like, hey, we don't need medicine, Jesus will heal us. Or is it more conspiratorial that, you know, the, the medical establishment is out to kill us? Like, I wonder which way it went.
0: Which we mean that like a Catholic priest, he could personally communicate with God. And so if you mm. wanted a real line to the divine, you joined up with Paul. Then you got Paul to talk to, heaven on your behalf.
1: Oh, boy. So now we're going to get this uh, direct revelation. Now, see, now we're seeing oh, I know I'm going to get myself in trouble. Look, I'm not trying to be offensive with this. I'm not trying to be offensive, but I have to say it. I have to say it. One of the absolute worst things to ever happen in the history of theology was the charismatic movement. All right, uh, because because once you people start claiming that God is speaking directly, remember, so just just if anyone's listening who's not under understanding my theological perspective, I reject the charismatic movement outright. Completely, right? Because I believe, again, going back to the historical Protestant Reformation idea of sola scriptura, God reveals himself to us in scripture. He speaks to us in scripture, not any other way. There was a time he spoke in different ways, but that w- that ended with the completion of scripture. The perfect has come. Those imperfect ways are gone. Well, now we still have people walking around claiming they're a prophet They're an apostle. God speaks directly to them. He gives them revelation. He gives them visions. He gives them dreams. Well, once someone claims God is speaking directly to them. So just think, if you are open to the fact that God may be speaking directly to someone, if you're open to that philologically, and then someone tells you, hey, God is speaking to me, and this is what we're supposed to do, you're going to follow that person. And it looks like he started claiming that very kind of thing. Uh, okay, uh, one article says, uh, he, uh, says he uh, he is one of the wealthiest pastors. So it sounds like possibly word of faith. Clear, clearly the charismatic movement's written, written all, and I know some people separate word of faith from charismatic. Look, I, I just, look, I, I'm, I'm not right now trying to make clear theological distinctions. Anything that the charismatic world touches, it corrupts. I'm just, I, I don't apologize for that view. Because the minute you tell people, look, well, the minute you tell people God is speaking to you outside of Scripture and other ways, how do how do you control anything? Right? At least with scripture we can say no 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 no. Let's take that scripture. Okay, words are being used. Those words have meaning. Those words form verses or sentences. Those sen- those verses, those sentences fall into chapters, chapters fall into books. We have to look at context, historical context, syntax. We 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 have to look at this stuff in an accurate way. We have to interpret it. We have to use hermeneutical methods of interpreting, interpreting things. That gives us at least a something tangible something connected to something real. Once it starts with, oh, God's speaking directly to me. You guys listen to me. I'm telling you, it's the, it's the beginning of the end. His net worth is around 200 million, according to uh, people who are currently researching for me. Um, that's that's just crazy. Okay, let's, let's listen to a little bit more of this.
0: Always found that to be a suspicious sort of claim in any religion, you know, but I guess that was the whole beef with Catholicism that led to the
1: Reformation was that very thing, like requiring some sort of conduit between the individual and God.
0: Mm -hmm. And I would argue it goes past religion. Typically, I mean, siloing information from people or pretending to do so, it's pretty unethical outside of some very specific circumstances where you need to do that right uh so this guy we're not gonna judge whether or not he could actually talk to god but let's walk through a little bit of the story because well let me judge god wasn't
1: talking to him and he was not speaking directly to God. He could pray to God, but God, there was no uh, you know two-way communication going. This is the way it works. We bring our petitions, our concerns, our sins, our praise, and our thanksgiving to God in prayer. If you want to hear God, you read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak out loud, read out loud. That's it. That's it. The end. No more communication is occurring. All the previous ways of communication has ended. He spoke to people in different ways, diverse ways, right? According to Hebrews, that, that time has passed. Here's what we have. And people, and, and it's, and, and listen, that's already problematic enough because people can take the written word of God and do insane things with it. But when you add the scriptures and God supposedly speaking directly to someone, you you got a recipe of total disaster. And the charismatic movement is the, is the theological stream that constantly promotes God speaking to people outside of scripture.
0: It was brewing while people kind of outside of Kenya weren't paying attention. In 2016, They, like the group, Good News International, sold their property on the island of Lamu to Mackenzie, and they gave him the money from the sale. He used the money to buy more property in nearby cities. He funded a TV station to broadcast his message. This might sound like a grift, but do check out our prosperity theology and televangelism. Episodes. Uh, this move that some followers did created kind of a sea change in the organization, and other the dominoes fell. Other people started selling their property, giving their money to the church. Mackenzie got charged with uh, promoting radicalization in 2017, as well as concerns that he was denying that he was mistreating children, not giving them access to a proper education, health care. Etc. Running an unaccredited school. This also happens a lot of times in isolated belief systems. They want to get them young and keep them dumb. Is the way I would put it. And maybe that sounds cynical, but that's the mo. Anyhow, he can keep them dumb. That
1: is the that that is the mo because that is exactly how. So uh, that's how deception works. You got to keep the people dumb. You got to keep the people dumb and you got to, you got to keep them from other information. You, you, you limit the amount of information. You keep them dumb. That's always the, the beginning of the end, right? Like you cannot do that. Anything that says, don't look at that. Don't read that. Don't do that. That's one of the things that I like. Some people get mad at me as a pastor some people get mad at me as a Christian because I'll be like, no, 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 no. Read that book. No, look at that. No, listen to that. No, watch that. But, and you say, well, they could be confused by it. I would rather them go through a period of confusion than a, a a any, for even a second of being isolated and controlled and kept information from. I believe truth will always win out. Uh, Someone just posted in chat about a minute ago, also from the BBC, He reportedly references New World Order, a conspiracy theory about a plot by global elites to bring about an authoritarian world government replacing nation states, falsely claiming the Catholic Church, the UN and the US are behind it. He also highly skeptical of modern technology, previously claiming a plan by the Kenyan government to establish a unique identity number for citizens to access government services was the mark of the beast. Oh, this is just, this is, you can tell that this, so much of this finds itself very much in the world of of, of certain elements of Christianity. Like he's got a little mixture of char- charismatic theology. He's got a mixture of conspiratorial thinking. You mix it in with Jesus and the Bible and you just got a recipe for total disaster. Now, to be fair, there's lots of groups out there that's got this weird mixture. It doesn't always end in, it always ends in theological disaster. It may not always end in horrific tragedy where 600 people have gone missing and 201 people are dead. All right, let's, let's listen to the rest of this.
0: Continues getting in trouble because children died as a result of this lack of access to healthcare. The government intervened in 2017 and rescued almost a hundred children from the church, uh, 93 kids. In fact, Uh, then he was criticized for trying to inspire children to drop out of school without parental consent. He was acquitted on some charges. In one case, the charge was dropped. He was increasingly butting heads with the law, which is another thing that cultic organizations tend to follow. It's it's a very similar pattern. Check out our YouTube episode on how to start a cult. Got to mention it every time. Mm-hmm. Every time we do this one,
1: well, one of the main reasons he was he was telling everybody not to get educated, right? Don't educate your kids,
0: is because he right. believed that it was all controlled by some kind of evil or satanic force, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, just like fascism, a good cult needs an external enemy, right? And he had he had an increasingly isolationist kind of worldview. What we saw is that this small church, everybody recalled that it was a, quote, normal church at the beginning. Uh, do check out an excellent New York Times article by Andrew Higgins that's on this. Ben, ben, I'm sorry if I missed this, but when you say normal church, you're talking about, like, just regular old run-of-the-mill Christianity? Mm-hmm. Yep, just uh, your typical, like, Honda Civic of Protestantism, right? Got it. And uh, they, they actually they started this church in a home, in, in someone's private home. Uh, this would have been Ruth Kahindi. Uh, she had met Paul McKenzie at a...
1: And I want you to just take that in. It started like a run of the run of the mill protestant church and it ends up 600 people are missing 201 people are dead how do you go from the run-of-the-mill church to that, how do you get there? What are the factors that led to it? I, I Look, the first thing I'm going to point to when people start claiming they're talking directly to God and God's talking directly to them, I don't care. I don't care how mainstream that charismatic church is. I don't care how big it looks. When someone claims God is speaking to them and they're talking to God in a direct way, get out. Just run. I don't, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And you say, well, that's crazy. You know how many pastors say, God told me this and God told me that. Yeah, and every single one you should run for your life. That, that, I'm sorry. that's not, No. If they say, I was reading my Bible last night and I saw this verse and I started thinking and working on this verse. And this is what I believe the verse is telling us that's different. They believe God spoke to me. And then when they say, and God said, and then if you were writing it down, you would open quotation marks, put everything God supposedly said, close quotation marks. They are speaking. They are telling you they're receiving direct revelation from God. Run for your life. so that, that that would be my first concern. second is the isolationism. third is trying to keep you from information. God speaks directly to you, isolate, and then keeps information from you i'm sorry those are those are like those are like red flags warning 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 warning
0: a Baptist church nearby and invited him to preach the word in her home. So maybe loose Baptist origins, you could say, but it evolves into something very different.
1: Loose Baptist origins. How do you go from loose Baptist origins to this? It, it and again what's so frightening as used to be a time baptist would have been i think very much anti charismatic anti extra biblical revelation there would have been time baptist would have been like scripture alone not charismatic experiences not direct revelation but lo and behold
0: here we are keeping control of the children uh getting them away from the evils of the secular world also restricting access to kids, you know, you want to, you want to break the familial ties, which is one of the earliest social dynamics and kind of replace the idea of the family with the idea of yourself. If you're the cult leader anyway, so something was coming is what I'm saying. You know, like Koresh style, there was something that was going to culminate. And in the early weeks of April this year, a guy contacted The police saying, hey, my daughter left Nairobi to join this commune, and she hasn't come back. And the police arrived to investigate. That's when they discovered absolutely terrible, terrible things. A lot of people were dead in shallow graves, and a lot of people were on the brink of starvation because, allegedly, McKenzie had been escalating, just like a Koresh or a Manson, really. He had been escalating his demands and the uh, extremity of his worldview. And he told his followers that they had to starve themselves in mass to meet Jesus. 201 people died. He's got some Alex Jones New World Order stuff in there, too. You know, the U.S., the United Nations, the Catholic Church are Tools of Satan— They are always preparing for the end time, but starving yourself is not the way to be prepared.
1: And there you have it. Now, I'm going to stop there because one, I want you to go listen to them, right? Hey, they're the ones who are on top of this, not me. So I don't want to take all of their stuff. So again, go look for the podcast. Go look for the podcast. It is entitled... Stuff they don't want you to know, and the uh, the episode we were just listening to was published Monday, 22nd of May, 2023. You'll have to fast forward about, because the first part is about a Mormon whistleblower and the Mormon church hiding all kinds of money. You'll have to fast forward through that story. You may want to listen to that story as well. Then they'll get to the Kenyan death cult. Um, I don't know how much further they go into it. I could continue to listen, but I want you to go listen to it. Um, I'm grateful that they put this information out. Um, uh, you can also do searches as people have, people are pulling information from the BBC, from the Guardian. I've got ABC right here. Um, if I pull up the ABC story, um, it's, well, sadly, there's pictures of people, well, where there would have been bodies, right? We won't, we won't go into that. I mean, the whole thing is horrible. Um, uh, the bodies believed, and this is uh, according, uh, this is according to the ABC story. The bodies believed to be those of followers of a pastor based in coastal Kenya, Paul McKenzie. He's alleged to have ordered congregants to starve, starved to death in order to meet Jesus. More than six hundred people are still missing. McKenzie, who was arrested last month, remains in custody. Police plan to charge him with terrorism-related offenses. Uh, hundreds of bodies have been dug up from dozens of mass graves spread across his 800-acre property. Mackenzie insisted that he closed his church in 2019 and moved uh, to his property and a forested area to farm. Autopsies conducted on more than 100 bodies last week shows the victims died of starvation, strangulation, suffocation, and injuries sustained from blunt objects. Local media outlets have been reporting cases of missing internal body organs, quoting investigators in the case. McKenzie and his wife and 16 other suspects will appear in court at the end of the month. 610 people reported as missing by their families. I mean, the story just gets worse And worse and worse, and who knows how many more they're going to find and how this is all going to play itself out. Kenya death cult. 201 people dead, around over 600 people missing. What do we take from it? The danger of deception. The danger of people claiming God speaks to them di- directly. The danger of isolation. Th- th- look, that's why I, 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 I that, listen, I know people think I'm extreme. That's why I hate church camps. Like I, I, I never sent my kid to a church camp, would never send anybody in my church to a church camp. Because you take kids, you go isolate them from uh, cut them off from everything else and indoctrinate and then you emotionally manipulate. Cannot stand that stuff. If the kids need something to do in the summer, either send them somewhere just to go have fun, right? Or if they need a little extra biblical learning, bring them to the church and then just teach there in the church. Then go right back home with their friends. They'll have their phones. They're not cut off from everyone. And don't use em- emotional manipulation. But when people claim they speak directly from God and then they start isolation, 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 and then they they want to cut you off and, and control the information you can look at or the, the information you can see, that, that's dangerous stuff. It, I, I, let me state it again. Biblical, theological, and church history illiteracy is the soil in which deception is planted, in which it grows, and where it flourishes. The way to take out, to root out deception is knowledge, is information, is learning, is biblical, proper biblical hermeneutics. Write theology where you're not claiming God is speaking directly to you and you know it won't fall for that. Remember the book of Revelation, the end times, how will people be deceived? By signs and wonders. That's how people will be deceived. We've got to not fall for that. Truth is found from a biblical Christian perspective right here in scripture. You open it. You read it and you interpret it like any other book of written words. Correct, hermeneutical, interpretive methods. All right. I I don't know what else to say. I wish I had something rather profound to say at this moment. Other than I am super bothered right now. And it just, it it scares me to death because I don't ever want to be deceived. I don't want to deceive and I don't want to be deceived. And I know that there's deception inside of me. And so I'm always worried. Am I, am, I, am I pursuing truth, finding the truth, holding to the truth, or could I deceive myself? All right. I would love to get your thoughts on all of this. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Let's hope. That those missing, that some may be found alive, those survive, hopefully they can get the help they need. They're going to need extensive counseling. They're, I mean, I can't even imagine what their lives are going to be like. And then for the family members, your daughter goes missing, she joins some cult, and then the cops go in and start f- uncovering sh- you know, bodies in shallow graves and people starving to death. Horrific. Horrible. And don't be mad or upset when people hear that kind of stuff and want to blame all religion. Don't be upset and mad when they're like, you're no better than them. Like because they because in their minds they, they see it all the same. It's just one big deception. Email me news if at yahoo.com. That's news if at yahoo.com. We will be talking about this possibly more later. I don't know. I don't know if we'll talk about it more today. We definitely, by the end of the month, when Pastor McKenzie has to go before the court, we'll definitely want to keep up with that. But if, you can, uh, if, you, if you're keeping up with it, just keep me informed. And I, am, I apologize for being so late on this story. I don't know how I missed it. I have no idea how I missed it. But yeah, what a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. Beware of deception. Thanks for listening. God bless.